0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's going on? What's happening? Welcome back to the channel, and I want to talk about some running backs today. We're going to talk about three, and then I'm going to give you also another three honorable mentions that are very close to making this video, but in terms of not making this an hour-long video, because nobody wants to listen to that and watch that on the YouTubers or listen on the podcast, we're going to give you three. I'll give you the honorable mentions, so six total guys that are going to be league-winning running backs, in my opinion. Now, what does a league-winning running backs mean compared to top-ranked running backs and obviously guys that are like my must-draft running back videos that I have? Check those ones out as well. Well, the difference in my opinion is that some of them might not be different. Some guys might just be league winners. I think their average draft position, their value and their upside. I'm huge on right. And then the other difference is that this floor compared to ceiling When you're talking about a fantasy player's floor, that means the bottom, their safety, their security. You think about guys that are in those mid-range, like a Jarvis Landry. You know what you're going to get out of him, right? He's probably not going to completely collapse and have a bust of a season. He has a nice floor. Now, last year, he showed you a little bit of a ceiling. A ceiling means their pop-off, career year type seasons, right? Is that ability to win your fantasy league for you. So in this, for league winning players, it rarely is going to be outside of like the top one to three rounds, right? Those obvious options. You're rarely going to have guys who have safe floors and high ceilings. That's why they're drafted early. So what I want to look for is league winners who maybe some of those early rounds we'll talk about, but also in those later rounds of the running back position, whose their floor might be shaky. Maybe they're a rookie who won't get the start until later in the season, like a Miles Sanders last year, right? Like a lot of the rookie wide receivers you think about from last year, Debo down the stretch, AJ Brown down the stretch, started to take on the primary snaps from Corey Davis and from Taze Sharp. And then maybe they're just in a crowded backfield or maybe they're coming off of injuries and they need to really pop off. So guys that have shaky floors, right? They could be risks in terms of completely busting, but based on where you're getting them, they're upside is league winning ability so those types of players we'll talk about we'll touch on some who just have high floor high ceiling and i think that based on them going in the second round they're still a fantastic option and really you should be trying to target them so this one's going to be specifically for your league winning running backs for 2020 fantasy football welcome if you're all new here my name is sal vetri please do if you have enjoyed my content if you've seen any of it already before hit that like button and also hit the big old subscribe button that pops up on the screen if you listen on the podcast or if you want to go over to the podcast sal vetri show on itunes and leave a review one person per week gets slotted for a 50 dollar giveaway just leave away for me to contact you leave a five star rating and something nice that you like about my content and the show you can do that on the salvage show itunes I, I tell you right now five people do it a week uh, it's like one more week now since i'm promoting it but you can go ahead and do that and then lastly on the screen behind me right now before we talk about the league winners before we spill the beans we give you the secret sauce the secret recipe for your 2020 drafts right now and then finding these league winners before your, your league mates even know who their names are for half of these guys honestly a bunch of donkeys in your league you're gonna beat all of them this is the supreme draft guide behind me this is at least one of the landing pages for it this everything that's going to be in it and more coming a lot more premium content player rankings reliability charts data sheets premium analysis lots of podcasts coming on strategy for all the people in there throughout the summer tiers rankings lots of stuff player profiles for loads of different players so you can check this out the supreme draft guide it's linked up down below thanks to monkey knife fight who is that little logo up above me it's a limited time offer for ten dollars if you are eligible find out all the details down below and if you're not eligible based on where you live or if you're watching this or listening to this a little bit later on in the summer and it's no longer an offer well then it'll be the normal price just 30 buckaroos yeah, definitely, I can guarantee you that it gives you a leg up on your competitors. So be sure to check that out linked down below. So let's start this baby off with the first player on our boards and it's going to be Darius Geis. And league winner and Darius Geis, those things might not go hand in hand for you. And honestly, very much so like on Johnson, Darius Geis has two knee injuries he's coming off of. And that's the reason I don't like on Johnson. But another reason I don't like on Johnson is because, well, Detroit's defense is absolutely terrible. I don't trust their coaching staff at all. And I don't think they've done much on offense, at least to help on Johnson. They've only done things to hurt him. Uh, a key offensive lineman ends up leading. Leaving there, right um glasgow they end up also losing in, a, in a really adding a second round pick in deandre swift who's just a better better than right now and even at this point carry on johnson so that's the reason for the knee injuries that i don't like carrying johnson also darius geist knee injuries are surely a concern and then you look at the backfield competition They draft, Antonio Gibson, who potentially can be the best running back in this draft, a running back hybrid with a a wide receiver, just had a small sample in college who we'll talk about. Adrian Peterson, the ageless under, who was still efficient last year, is still back there. They pick up a bunch of guys in Peyton Barber and JD McKissick. Bryce Love's still there, like a crowded backfield, of course. But Darius Geiss is a former second round pick. And I think Darius Geiss, if he's finally healthy, is going to have an opportunity this year. And let's just talk about the upside, right? When I talk about league winners, I'm talking about a guy in Darius Geis that you can get as your RB4. You can get him in maybe your sixth or seventh round of drafts. And okay, maybe he falls flat on his face maybe this remains a backfield by committee all these things are very true you're you're getting your twitter fingers ready in the comment section he's gonna be in a loaded backfield yeah he is this is a whole thing about his floor might be the fact that he finishes rb 60 like that might be his floor he splits carries he gets injured right and that's it it's a wasted pick in the seventh round this guy's upside if he is healthy if he is healthy he's going to take on the starting job here he did it for about a month last year and then he just got hurt again because that's been the story of his first two years in the nfl just injury 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 i mean look at his durability in 2018 he had a preseason acl terry missed the entire year in 2019 in week one, he had a meniscus tear. He missed six to eight weeks. He avoided the season ending injury, but then he came back. He played for about a month. He was very good in that month. And we'll talk about those stats. And then he misses the final two games due to an MCL sprain. So the dude just can't stay healthy. But if he's healthy, the upside for Darius Geis is a top 10 running back. Like if he plays week one as a guy who sees 12 touches and he continues to pile on touches in midway through the year, he's still healthy, seeing like 16 touches a game in this offense. He's a guy who can push for a RB1 top 12 running back, top 15, definitely top 20. Right now he's right around like my RB30 in my rankings and that's factoring in his huge ceiling. If you don't want to factor in the ceiling and you just want to factor in his median projection to only his floor, well then yeah, he's going to start to go into like the RB40 range, but I just think he's better than those guys because of the upside. And let's look at last year since that was the only year he has played games and he only ended up playing five games because of the meniscus tear and the MCL strain, but he played on 33.7% of the snaps. And really these five games are skewed because he got hurt week one. So I'll really start to look at the four games of the healthy stretch from week 11 to week 14 of last year. And I'll put some stuff up on the screen. He was the RB1 in week 13 last year year. He he ended up getting 137 total yards and two touchdowns, scored 27.1 points. So he showed his upside right there in one week, right? He showed his upside as literally being the RB1 in a single week, which obviously if you have that type of a talent and this guy's loaded with talent, we'll see what the injuries have added up onto him, but apparently he's healthy and his his injury last year, the MCL sprain was not a major one to close out the season. It was more precautionary. He ended up catching four passes on 59 yards on six targets uh, and a team leading during that time amongst all the running backs, 1.84 yards per route run. So uh, now with Antonio Gibson back there, now that they signed JD McKissick, I don't know if he'll make the team. Uh, guys is definitely not the best ca- pass catching running back. It's going to be Antonio Gibson. JD McKissick also is good if he was to make the team. So that's definitely a knock against him. But here's another big one. In those four weeks, he was the number one running back in the NFL in yards created for any running back above five carries. So just cancel out all the guys who had like two carries and they obviously got a good run on them. So Darius guys last year was, you can arguably say the most efficient running back for that month of the season at creating yards. He averaged 7.1 yards per carry on 32 rushes. So he ended up having over seven yards per carry, number one in yards created, and had a number one running back week in that month span on his resume. And it's just the injuries that are knocking this guy down and now maybe some added competition. But to be completely honest with you, I'm not scared of Bryce Love, a guy who can't step on the field. Every single year that Adrian Peterson, although he hangs around every single year that goes by, he's clearly getting older. That's the definition of it, right? I'm not scared of Peyton Barber. I'm not scared of Jay McKissick. Antonio Gibson, yes, you can tell me that he's going to be a little bit of a, a threat in the passing game, maybe even on the ground. But if Darius Geis is healthy week one, I do assume he's going to be the guy who gets the bulk of the touches right there at Adrian Peterson. Maybe it's a 50-50 split in this backfield. Maybe Antonio Gibson gets a couple pass catching snaps as a rookie but right now i have a good feeling that darius guys is at least going to get the opportunity to see 10 to 12 touches come week one maybe even a minimum redskins in the offseason like i said what they ended up doing and you see their additions right here they don't really do much to help the offense in terms of weapons like they still have terry McLaurin, they still have steve sims and that's about it. They lose their tight ends in Vernon Davis. Right now, there's no word on Jordan Reed, and they're probably not. He's not going to be coming back. Um, So there's not much, right? They end up just adding running backs, Peyton Barber, JD McKissick, Antonio Gibson in the draft. So nothing to help Dwayne Haskins from his receivers. They seem to be content with going out there with McLaurin and Steve Sims. They had Richard Rogers, a former Lion and Packers tight end. So yeah, nothing really here to, to harp on. Chris Thompson has gone to Jacksonville, but again, replaced by JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson. Um, So yeah, Darius Geist, yeah, the competition is, is definitely there for him. That's all they added really uh, was a bunch of running back depth for whatever reason and that running back depth you can see right here the uh, the official competition is going to be adrian peterson antonio gibson bryce love uh, Peyton Barber, former Buck and JD McKissick, former Lion as of last year. And I'll just go through quickly what these guys did last year. Adrian Peterson was efficient, 32nd and true yards per carry, but he ended up being 13th in yards created uh, at his age, which is pretty nuts in my opinion. 48.5% of the snaps he had over 200 carries for 898 yards and five touchdowns. When you factor in his 142 receiving yards, he did break over a thousand yards combined last year. And this was all behind the 51st ranked run blocking efficiency unit when he was carrying the ball. So he was a top 15 yards created guy behind a terrible offensive line at his age. He averaged 9.8 fantasy points per game. Adrian Peterson still had it last year. So he's definitely going to be at least involved early on in this offense. Um, I would be surprised if he was a cut candidate, in my opinion. Antonio Gibson, the running back coming out of Memphis, where we've seen some other running backs as of late. Daryl Henderson Jr. You ended up seeing, I believe, also Tony Pollard out of there. So he's coming from some pretty good lifeblood, but he played a lot of wide receiver last year as well. He kind of was a hybrid guy for them. He hasn't played many touches, although overall, only 307 overall total offensive snaps in 2019 and 2018 combined. In 2018, he barely saw any work. It was just six receptions, 99 yards, and two touchdowns. On 10 targets, no rushing upside. Last year, though, he did carry the ball 33 times, but he also caught 38 passes. He ended up overall seeing 14.9 yards per touch, um, four total touchdowns, 58 targets. So Antonio Gibson is a weapon. Like his small sample size puts him up there as one of the best running backs in this draft. The issue is he only had 60, 70 total touches last year compared to guys going out there and dropping 350 touches like Jonathan Taylor's um and 300 plus touches like Dobbins and all these guys, right? So what happens when your workload multiplies by even three? Like and you're starting to get that DeAndre Swift workload. Like, are you still that efficient? I would say no definitely not 14.9 yards per touch efficiency but he, if he's going to remain somewhat efficient yeah he could be one of the sleepers in this draft and he can definitely pose a threat to Darius Geis those are the two main guys you know what you get out of Peyton Barber a grinder on the ground maybe some red zone work if he even makes the team JD McKissick a pretty sure-handed pass catcher but they just don't need him at this point especially after drafting Antonio Gibson and then Bryce Love that you haven't even seen him at this point very similar to guys with injury uh, issues during his rookie season so for me Geis is still a high upside guy that's why he's in the league winning video so go ahead get him if you can in the seventh round and it really depends if you already have four running backs entering in. To your seventh and eighth round, then you don't need to take him. If you only have two, I think he's a guy who possesses a lot of upside to potentially finish as a top 20 RB. He just needs to stay healthy. Like I would argue that those, that month of the season last year, he was a top 12 running back in the league. You could have put him in your rankings as like RB 11, RB 12. And I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense based on this matchup. He proved it for the one week uh, scoring uh, the number one points, 27.7. And he had some pretty solid weeks other than that. So is, guys, the first league winning running back we're talking about today. As an independent fantasy football creator, meaning that I do this all on my own, no backing of a company. I think it's my du- duty. And in my own contract that I write for myself to prop up Miles Sanders ADP even more. There's a guy in the comment section of these videos. The dude I think is just wild. There's some nutty people. You, you people are wild out there. Um, He put onto one of the videos, he said something like, thanks so much for for propping up Miles Sanders ADP. Like, I get it. People watch these videos, nowhere near enough to change ADPs all that much. But he says this is like, he pretty much saying, this is your fault for propping him up. And I'm sitting there like scratching my head like, Man, imagine being this fellow right now, going into the comments with his Twitter fingers, uh, giving me that much. Like, I'm humbled. I'm humbled to think that he thinks I changed the ADP's of players. So this is going to be our next push to continue to make Miles Sanders a pretty secure and locked in first round pick, where he's he's currently going right now is like in the FFPCs 12th overall, which in 12 man leagues is first round. So let's let's try and get him even higher up there. Let's try and get him in the top 10 now. But no, in all seriousness, I, I've talked about Miles Sanders in depth. He's in my must draft video, and he's one of these guys who's a crossover for being a league winner as well. Because right now, if you're getting him, or you already have gotten him, with like maybe the turn pick, right? you're getting like a Nick Chubb and a Miles Sanders. Like I can't think of better starts than a RBX and Miles Sanders in the beginning of the second round. Like That is such a good start if you can continue to get that. But just in general, I love the upside of a guy who played on only 53% of the snaps because Jordan Howard was there a bunch last year behind the number one running blocking unit that did lose Jason Peters, obviously had the injury as well to a Brooks in the, in the preseason. So that's going to be a concern for them. But I still think it'll be fine enough, especially for his pass catching abilities to get open in space. He caught 50 balls on 63 targets on just 53% of the snaps last year. He had over 1300 yards in his rookie season on 229 touches. per game and in his final six games when he started to really take over and break out 19.6 touches per game he saw 36 red zone attempts again that number is surely going to go up he was seventh in running back receiving yards 12th in receptions and 13th in targets he came out of the same school penn state as saquon barkley he played there with saquon barkley a one-two punch a tandem uh, in that backfield in that running back room and he possesses a lot of the same abilities as saquon barkley in the passing game at least like miles sanders was up there with i don't know damian williams alvin kamara last year christian mccaffrey aaron jones as running backs who were running wheel routes who were running as wide receivers and absolutely torching and dominating linebackers. The, the mismatch that Miles Sanders was providing out there. Just go look at Miles Sanders' receptions tape last year. There's probably about five or six plays, like 30 plus yards downfield that he was just absolutely scorching secondaries and linebackers. This guy's extremely talented. This guy is potentially a, fu- a future top five running back in the league. But what they do in the offseason? They did absolutely nothing to really threaten Miles Sanders. And as of my recording this towards um the mid to around the middle of July, uh, right now, beginning to middle of July, they have not signed any veteran running back. And I don't care if they do. And I've said this in previous videos. Like, all they have behind him is former uh, Panther, Elijah Maguire, who has done absolutely nothing so far in the NFL uh, to the tune of just literally absolutely nothing. Elijah Maguire they take Corey Clement. They re him to a one-year deal, former Eagle. And that's about it. Obviously, Jordan Howard is now gone. Jordan Howard, what he leaves behind is 44% of the snaps. He leaves behind 119 touches for over 500 yards, 14.8 touches per game, 119 on the ground and 10 in the receiving department. So 14.8 touches per game are now to be dispersed amongst Miles Sanders, amongst Boston Scott and those types of guys. Now, Boston Scott was good last year. His yard yards per touch, his yards per uh, carry, and all those things were very, very nice. Now it was on a limited sample, so it's hard to gauge. But final month of the season, Boston Scott was a very sure-handed backup and somebody who likely does get work. But there's rumors out there that they wanted Carlos Hyde. He's now gone. There's rumors out there that maybe Devonta Freeman takes less money and goes to the Eagles. I hope Devonta Freeman goes to the Eagles. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like say that that's the best case scenario. Uh, just nobody going there is clearly the best case scenario. But it might not be that bad. And like if you get Devonta Freeman to this team and the Eagles, it, it honestly might help Miles Sanders. If Devonta Freeman starts taking touches away from Boston Scott, who's a much, better running back than Devonta Freeman. Oh, no, he's not. No, yes, he is. If you want to tell me, and maybe, maybe they're close, right? But if you want to tell me Devonta Freeman is still a good running back, look at what he did last year. One of the least least efficient running backs in the league. Injuries are probably catching up to him. The last two years, Devonta Freeman has been absolute dust. And now coming off of an injury, being even older, I'm supposed to expect him to be better. No, Uh, Miles Sanders is a much better pass catcher. Miles Sanders is a much better overall running back. And I will sit here and argue and tell you that Boston Scott is a much better pass catcher and much better overall running back at this point in their careers with the age in his favor. And what he showed last year, Boston Scott's ability is better than what Devonta Freeman would give the Eagles so if Devonta Freeman goes there and he becomes the pure backup to Miles Sanders that means less efficient touches coming from the running back which means better upside in my opinion for just Miles Sanders overall touches so yeah go ahead and sign Devonta Freeman as everybody panics and says oh no Miles Sanders is over I'll be sitting here and going you not see that this is better for Miles Sanders, at least in my opinion. So we're looking at a guy right now that maybe touches like a 65, 70% of the market share in touches overall. That's fantastic. But he can very much rival for a 70 reception season, 60 plus. Now they got a bunch of wide receivers, bunch in the draft. They trade for Marquise Goodman during the draft. Like they got all these guys, right? Alshon's already going to be injured. So he's not, he might start the year in the pup. They might not even have him. Deshaun Jackson, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. I'm high on him right now, but just in general, they needed to throw the ball to running backs more last year because they didn't have receivers. But I don't think that's the main reason he caught 50 passes. Like he was playing very well out of the passing game. Game. And if he's going to play more snaps this year, I think 50 plus receptions is going to be in the case. And that's what I haven't projected for. So you're giving him that you're giving him a boost in his overall touches. Like if he starts seeing anywhere near 20 per game, like he did towards the end of the year last year, just give me 17 or 18 per game. This is a guy that I do think is going to push and threaten for around a 300 touch season. And if we start to get just like the 280 carries on the ground, and you know, you're going to get somewhere around 50 receptions, you're starting to get 325 touch season out of a running back with high efficiency, pass catching ability and red zone usage last year. Yeah. in an offense that you would think is good with a good overall defense. And then, improved defense, at least based on free agency and a good quarterback. This is a spot where Miles Sanders can easily finish as a top eight running back. I have him ranked very close to that. He can easily finish as a first round pick. He's borderline going now as a first round pick. And I think it's fine to get there. I think he's a league winning running back for you, yourself, and I. Before we get into the final deep dive, and then also our our three honorable mention running backs for league winners, I want to just let you know again about the draft guide, which is right here right now. Go ahead and get the draft guide on Fantasy Sports Focus. It's linked down below my website. You can go ahead and get it. All the rankings, all the player profiles, a bunch of stuff, tiers stats, all these different things, premium analysis, some strategy guides as well. All linked down below, limited time offer because of the above monkey and I fight shout out for them sponsoring this video and all of my NFL videos. You can find that all down below $10. It's 66% off for a limited time only. So go ahead and get it because by the time you watch this next time, it's not going to be 66% off or you might not be eligible for it. That's all linked down below. Find out the ways to get it. There's more information on that. So be sure to check it out. And also hit the like button for this video, smash the big old subscribe button that pops up and go get your $50 by leaving a review and getting into the raffle on the podcast that Sal at show on iTunes. I just told you a lot of things. So go ahead, get your draft guide, like, and subscribe and go leave a review. Do all those things for me. If you want to support this channel and continue to see me put out these videos, because all those things, they do go a long way in continuing to let this channel grow. Finally, winner for me is going to be JK Dobbins, Baltimore a Ravens second round pick at the running back position this year. And look, JK Dobbins, Ohio state was absolutely fantastic. We can look at him from last year and we can just profile it out this way. I think he fits a similar mold. Maybe not exactly to what Miles Sanders was last year a second round pick. Miles Sanders doesn't break out until the second half of the season and has a pretty stable on the ground running back ahead of him. Now, I think Mark Ingram this year is better than what Jordan Howard was going to give the Eagles heading into last year. But I think the comps are similar. Mark Ingram going to be 31 years old right? He's, he's, he's already up there at that age point. You have JK Dobbins, a second round pick, just like Sanders, who has pass catching ability coming out of a big 10 school. These schools know each other very well in terms of the play styles of Ohio state's JK Dobbins and Penn state for miles Sanders, a guy who can pass and protect a guy who can catch passes. And is extremely, extremely upside in terms of his carries. I believe last year he led the entire league in runs of 15 or more yards. He was number four in yards after contact. You look at what he did 301 carries in 2019, over 2000 yards and 21 touchdowns. He also caught 23 of his 28 targets at 7.6% share. And he broke 73 tackles, which is also top 10. He did everything, right? He was elusive. He was explosive. He was creating yards and being efficient on his own. And now he's going to an offense in Baltimore that is going to reward running backs who are good and very much so reward them. In his career, he had three 1,000 yard seasons at Ohio State. He's coming out now at least 5'10", 227 pounds so looking very, very good. I think outside of Jonathan Taylor, he was the most complete running back in this draft and a guy that I would want to build my team around, not named Jonathan Taylor, if you were drafting a running back. So the positive is he's a one cut runner. He caught 20 plus balls all three years of college. So that's there. And then just the speed and size combination, really the speed and power and strength. You see that in the force mix tackles 73 last year. And this is a guy that you can get later in your drafts, even later than Darius Geis. Maybe you can get him still in some of your drafts, ending up going in, I don't know, in FFPCs, he's always going to be propped up because he's a running back and they value that a lot more there. But in your standard leagues with your league mates, they might not even know who the rookie running backs are yet. You might be getting JK Dobbins in like the eighth to ninth to 10th rounds. And that's just fantastic. Like, yes, I like Jonathan Taylor, but just like Jonathan Taylor is probably going to take some time to actually take over that backfield hopefully not more than a month Uh, jk dobbins is also going to take some time to take over the backfield but he could also do it in six to seven weeks and just take out mark ingram and yes mark ingram was ultra efficient last year and Sal, how can a guy be a league winning running back when his running back was just top 10 in fantasy points last year Uh, Mark Ingram was a system running back. We just talked about this in our Do Not Draft video on Mark Ingram. He was literally a system running back. He himself was efficient, but that offense in general was just ultra efficient and gave so many opportunities to the running backs, not only in the red zones, but just running 37.1 plays per game last year, which is absolutely nutty. Nobody else was even close to that. So you're entering in now a running back who is very efficient, who is coming out at just the age of 21 years old. And obviously at this point is a better running back than Mark Ingram. And you're letting him play with Lamar Jackson, who is going to always be the number one priority for the defenses, although you have a talented running back back there. So now when the defenses aren't keen, in on J.K. Dobbins and he's back there. And even if he takes on the Gus Edwards role, he can still be a league winning running back. If he is the Gus Edwards plus role for Gus Edwards, a guy who last year had 133 carries, 711 yards, and two touchdowns, and in seven receptions on eight targets for 45 yards, Gus Edwards had over 750 yards and two touchdowns, and that's a guy who couldn't catch passes. You bring in J.K. Dobbins. Let's just insert J.K. Dobbins into this Gus Edwards role. Let's just say Baltimore is a similar rush offense. They do regress a little bit, but let's just say they're similar in the way that they want to play. They're pretty much built to play the way that they are. But we'll say that Hollywood Brown is healthy, gets some more usage, no more Hayden Hurst, so maybe. Mark Andrews has an even better season and they get a little bit better in the passing game, regress their touchdown efficiency for Lamar, but maybe they just get pass a little bit more. But even then, J.K. Dobbins, if he's going to be somewhere around like the 130 to 150 carry mark, if he maybe in, ends up catching instead of seven passes like Gus Edwards, 15 to 18 passes, right? Mark Ingram really isn't a pass catcher. So let's say he catches 15 passes. Now you're in this range where he has 150 touches. You get him in the ninth or 10th round and that's like his, his floor maybe. That's like a bad case scenario. What happens if he just takes over Mark Ingram and has a 200 touch season? What happens if Mark who's 31, who's been pretty durable though for the past five years or so, what happens if he gets hurt? Now J.K. Dobbins is going to battle it out with Gus Edwards, who I don't think Dobbins would automatically take over the market share of targets and really carries, I should say. I think also Gus Edwards would be involved there, but now you're in a position where J.K. Dobbins, depending on how early marketing was to go down or just be phased out of the offense, if he was by any chance, now you're in a position where J.K. Dobbins is pushing maybe like a 220, 225, 250 touch season. So if your worst case scenario for this guy in like the eighth or ninth round is a 150 touch season in the most efficient offense in the running department last year, year who gives the ball to the running backs in the red zone. And also I should point out Gus Evers only scored two touchdowns on those carries. Uh, Let's just say that that number goes to three touchdowns for a guy in JK Dobbins. He's going to outproduce his ADP and he's going to potentially be a league winner for you even at that point in the season, right? Even if he's just a 10th or ninth and eighth round pick and he's putting up those numbers we just talked about, that can win you leagues, but the upside is just so much higher than that. So this guy, he's a rare case where, yeah, he's a rookie, but based on the offense that he's in, based on his skill set, and based on what they did last year, he has a pretty stable floor for his ADP, if not a good floor with a ton of upside beyond that. So J.K. Dobbins, for sure, for me, is a guy that I'm going to be targeting. And then our honorable mentions. Very similar to a guy in J.K. Dobbins, except the enhancement, in my opinion, Jonathan Taylor, in terms of how he profiles out, you just need Jonathan Taylor to go start the year and get like 40% of the touches. Once he does that, after a month of the season, if he is a Jonathan Taylor, that I think he is, Ezekiel Elliott upside. And yes, I think Jonathan Taylor possesses a ton of upside, very similar to Zeke. Zeke coming out of college, not Zeke right now. I think his pass catching ability is much better than people think. I think it's it's very good, actually, Jonathan Taylor's relative to most backs coming out of the draft. And you might be just fixated some guy you saw tell you that he is not a good pass catcher relative to C- C- Clyde Ebertsilair and relative to um, a guy in DeAndre Swift. He's not that good of a pass catcher relative to most running backs in the NFL, relative to most running backs coming out of college. He is a adequate to above adequate pass catcher, in my opinion. Kenny and Drake also deserves to be on this list. And so does Chase Edmund is backup to an extent, but Kenny and Drake, Kenny and Drake's upside is 350 touches. Yes. Like if Kenny and Drake goes out there and does what he was doing towards the end of the season last year and just gets crushed with touches, right? He just gets piled on a ton of touches and he's in this offense. that's going to run a ton of plays. Yeah, Kenny Drake has the ability and his range of outcomes is 350 touches. And if your second round pick is going to have a range of outcomes of 350 touches, a median projection if healthy and can take on the workload of somewhere around 250 to 300 touches, that looks to be a guy who can win you leagues, especially if he hits the ceiling of that. Not many guys in this league have a path to 350 touches. You have to have a pass catching role in your offense and just no real running back depth behind you. Now, Chase Edmonds is behind him. They drafted Dino Benjamin. So I don't think it's likely that he sees 350 touches, but he doesn't need to to break out and win you leagues. But that's also in the range of outcomes comes which, outside of the mega elite, right? Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Dalvin Kukovee is actually going to be playing, right? Those are like really the only names that I can think of getting 350 touch seasons, maybe a guy in Joe Mixon, but just because of the pass catching ability of Kenny Drake, it's going to prop him up for potentially another 50 touches out of the receiving game. So I do think Kenny Drake's worth a mention. And then Tony Pollard, this is obviously contingent on something happening with Zeke, whether it's something coming with legal issues that have been under wraps. And really, I don't really know what's going on totally with those who are more likely scenario of why Tony Pollard would break out, just Zeke going down with an injury. Tony Pollard is potentially one of the best backups in the entire NFL right now. I mean, he, he definitely is one of the best backups, in my opinion. I don't know how many guys are going to be better than him. I'll slate him in as a top five backup and definitely the offense he would be going in behind the offensive line and the overall system and how good that Dallas offense looks. It would make him a very good running back week in and week out. So Tony Pollard is a guy that if you're drafting him again as your RB4, your RB5 and those double digit rounds are right around them. Yeah, he has the league winning upside. And I think he's a league winning running back as long as one thing goes well for you. So some of these guys, obviously their floors is not as stable, right? Tony Pollard, if Zeke stays healthy, not going to have a great floor. Darius Geis, if it's just he's Injured, or there's a crowded backfield and it doesn't go his way, he's not gonna have a good floor. But their upside is tremendous. So those are six guys, three honorable mentions, three main guys that we talked about in this video: Darius Geiss, Miles Sanders, and then JK Domins. Our honorable mentions of Jonathan Taylor, Kenyon Drake, and Tony Pollard in no specific order. Those are some league-winning running backs for this year. I appreciate y'all tuning into my video. Before you leave, please do hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button, head over down below to the description description. Take a second of your time if you're on the podcast, leave a review for a chance to win fifty dollars and go check out right now the Supreme Draft Guide on my website, fantasy sports focus. You can see see it right on over here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all so much. Hit that like button and subscribe before you go. Do all those things for me. You can join into the discord down below. Like the banner says above, uh, top 25 running back rankings link below are totally free. So you can check those out to get an idea of what my rankings look like. They'll be updated all throughout the summer. And then you can check them out down below if you want the full thing on the Supreme Draft Guide. So thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Sal. I hope you all have a great rest of your day and peace out game.